thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Thank you so much for joining us today on Wellness Win Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And yeah, thank you um, again and welcome back to the show. Ash, it's so nice to see you. Um, we, we just do Always. not get to see each other en- enough. And I'm going to do a little social media plug now as well. So, um, ladies, don't forget to follow us on all of our socials, which is The Wellness Women on Facebook, The Wellness Women Official on Instagram, um, Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. I am The Period Whisperer on Facebook, Dr. Andrea.xo on Instagram. And now, apparently, I have a YouTube channel as well. Um, <laughs> So, awesome. Uh, did, you, did you have someone set that up or is that just like yeah. an accidental? <laughs> um, I think Sarah set it up for me and then I recorded a couple of little snippets of videos and um, – well, not little snippets. They were – I've recorded some videos and Kale is like drip feeding them in for me and he's um, oh, like cool. slicing pictures and stuff into them for me, um, which I'm very grateful for because I have no idea how to do any of that stuff, um, which makes me feel so tech um, simple but – who cares? I'm going to stay in my lane and uh, it is what it is. He's good at that stuff, so he can do it. <laughs> well done. Well, hey, we always said you could uh, fill every platform you ever joined up with. So having the right team around you is how you do it. And I think that sounds awesome to get your message uh, out there and talk hormones to all the ladies who want to know more about the hormone stuff. And I think that's yeah. uh, a pretty good place to come into tonight's episode, which, um, you know, leave us in, Andrew, because you were reading an article. Mm. It got your uh, <laughs> got your goat. You were, <laughs> you were kind of frothing at the mouth over it. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about this one. So the title of this podcast is Do Hormone Imbalances Exist? And the reason we wanted to cover this is because I feel like there is a group of 
um, women's health, um, you know, medical practitioners who are doing a massive disservice to women. Um, so a few weeks ago, there was an, uh, an OBGYN from the US who posted, um, you know, on her social media saying, unpopular opinion, there is no such thing as hormonal imbalances. And oh, as you can imagine, she got a bit of backlash from that. So she turned off comments on the post and then she continued to drip feed um, very, in my opinion, passive aggressive information because of the amount of flack she got around that. But she's also got a lot of support from other people in that field saying things like, and these are some other quotes that they put up there, the surest sign of quackery is disrespecting someone else's expertise to build up one's credibility. Totally unnecessary. But I do feel like they've gone and flipped it and done the exact same thing. So, essentially what they're trying to say is that reproductive hormone hormone imbalances do not exist because apparently it's not in the textbooks that they studied from when they went through, obviously, their medical degree, depending on where that was from. Um, And I found that so hard to swallow because it does such a disservice to so many women who have really complex symptoms, who have a whole range of infertility issues, who've got horrendous period problems that maybe don't fit into this perfect little box that is ticked, that that fits, you know, their biochemical parameters that maybe are not outside of that yet for it to be classified as a diagnosis that suits their criteria. Like it just um, got me so, so angry because it just isn't looking that kind of attitude is not caring about your patients and the women that are in front of you and is simply um, just kind of like ticking boxes. Really, that is the way that I interpreted that. So, the reason we wanted to do this podcast tonight was to try and essentially just debunk this a little bit um, and give a little bit of, um, I guess, credibility to those women who go seeking practitioners who are actually listening to them and to let them know that just because you maybe don't have a diagnosis yet does not mean that your problems are not real. Yeah, absolutely. And I think exactly what you said, Andrea, is just this idea of dismissing, you know, dismissing women's real problems, um, putting it off, it's in their heads, or even just saying, but the tests all show it's normal. So, like, what's your problem? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really big challenge, I think, because it makes women feel unheard or it makes them feel like, well, I have to put up with this. I guess I'll just have to live with this. You know, it's that the dismissed um, experience. But, you know, I guess the other angle here is too that you have a lot of um, professionals feeling rather jaded or rather annoyed that the online world of hormone, you know, imbalance help is out there and it's exploding. But, you know, rather than feeling, um, I guess, I guess they're feeling threatened, you know, to come out with mm-hmm. statements like that and to attack other professionals, whether they be uh, registered or not. You know, there's women out there trying to help women because they can see the gap. They can see the system failing. They can see that women are falling through the cracks, that they're not getting the answers or help that they need. So they're coming up with solutions. And those solutions, you know, whilst uh, the specialists may be calling that quackery, um, the interesting thing is they're getting results. So I feel as though, don't you want to ask the question, oh, I wonder why that's helping? Um, what does that mean? What does that need to, to show? What should I learn from this? Um, and, of course, that's not all professionals. You know, it's obviously a core group with certain um 
opinions on things or certain education on things. And that, I don't think, reflects the vast majority. But unfortunately, you do have women that come into our practices that will say those things where I went to the doctor, got all my tests and everything's normal. Um, Did you see the paperwork? No, no, she just told me everything was fine. Okay, you know, and so they never get a chance to review their blood works. They never get a chance to look at the hormone panel. They never get a chance to um, reflect that, you know, or get a second opinion because it's clarified as it was all fine. And it can be really hard to think, well, hang on, if it's all fine, then what do I do now? Um, So that's usually the limbo women are left in, isn't it? It's It's the place where you jump in, Andrew, and you get so many women come to you because often they've been told everything's fine or it's all clear or um, it'll go away or, you know, give it some time or take the pill or, you know, (laughs) whatever variation of, um, you know, uh, avoiding the actual underlying root cause. But the outcome is still the same. Women are suffering. Women are experiencing horrible symptoms or, you know, horrible um, lack of the quality of life that they deserve. And that thing is the thing that drives us too. You know, it's the thing that helped us get to that point of creating the, the hormone reset program we created. And, you know, it's not born of crackery. It's born of deep research and references and this idea that there is so much wonderful information out there if you're willing to look for it, do the homework, do the research and um, and find the answers. And there are foundations and pillars to help every single woman on this planet, I believe. I just think you need to find the right person or the right people that are going to guide you in that direction. So, um, yes, I totally understand your frustration about that same <laughs> statement. I guess you could also look at it from another way. You know, you could say hormone imbalances don't exist uh, because – there are throughout your lifetime, there are absolutely periods where hormonal fluctuations and changes are completely mm-hmm. normal. So, you know, technically speaking, you'd say that's hormone imbalance, but it doesn't exist because at that point in time, it's totally normal for that stage, you know, whether it be from pre-pubescent through puberty or, you know, menstruation through menopause, like that is absolutely normal to experience fluctuation and change in hormones. Uh, so, you know, technically you could say, well, the hormone balance doesn't exist because that's a normal transition. Um, but I guess it comes down to symptomology, you know, and the experiences of those women as to whether that would be considered healthy, normal, well. And this is the paradox, right? So um, these people within the medical profession are sort of stating that, oh, hormonal imbalances absolutely do not exist. But in that same breath, I am certain that they are writing prescriptions for oral contraceptives for things other than just um, contraceptive purposes mm-hmm. uh, because that is probably the most common reason why women are put on the pill is for, you know, symptoms of um, PMS, painful periods, irregular periods, all of those sorts of things. So how can they say that, um, you know, hormonal imbalances don't exist but take this oral contraceptive to balance your hormones <laughs> or you're having horrific menopausal symptoms, here, take some hormone replacement therapy to balance things that are out of whack. Like it just is such a paradox. And I really don't think that they're actually thinking about the statements that they're actually making. And I also think it's funny because, you know, like, and I can, I can say this stuff with absolute conviction because I've got two bloody master's degrees in this, um, in, you know, reproductive medicine and women's health medicine. And in the textbooks that we used, there is absolutely reference to functional hormone imbalances. And, um, we absolutely dived into things like premenstrual dysphoric disorder and PMDD, which we know very clearly is due to these big swings in hormones, um, which does happen, you know, in that premenstrual phase before the period actually starts. However, this is in a much more severe, um, I guess, spectrum to what happens in other women, coupled with other neurotransmitter imbalances as well. Like that is undeniable that these 
things and these conditions actually exist and to go around and tell women that um, it, it's, it doesn't is, again, just such a disservice to women's health. And I think this is the culture that women have been brought up in is that their problems get ignored time and time again. And I also wonder that if all of their lecturers were male... <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm yeah, saying look, that I for think a we're reason. Probably giving airtime, they don't deserve any more airtime. But <laughs> you know, you're right. It is that thing of going. Um, it's it's very narrow scoped. It's a, an impression that was built, and there, it's like ev- everything we do, and we're we're the same. We're guilty of this, ladies. Is that we cherry pick the information that supports our point of view. Um, you know, our point of view is holism. Our point of view is looking at the body. You know, in a in an entirety, not a systems um, and reductionistic mechanism so we tend to look for the things that support that view of holism don't we so you know i guess whatever your view is the information you seek and the the supportive information you find but um i really like uh, you've probably seen this too andrea but um i really like some of chris cress's work where he talks about you know conventional medicine um using what that he calls the replacement model of endocrinology yeah and this is you know the concept of measuring hormones um seeing what's high and what's low and then, of course, giving replacements uh, to balance. Mm-hmm. I hate the word balance, but, you know, to, to balance the hormones. Um, whereas he talks about, you know, the functional medical model of endocrinology, which is, you know, completely different, and that's looking at underlying mechanisms that are causing that hormonal imbalance and then finding the why and looking at those lifestyle, dietary or the healing protocols needed to help address the why. Um, and I thought that was really interesting, that differentiation of, the two styles of approaching this non-existent hormone imbalance, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, so that, and that's really what, um, what he talks about. So I've, I've often looked at that thinking it's probably the best way to explain it. You know, one measures the hormones, tries to figure out what's high, low, and then dumps synthetic hormones in to try and fix what they think is the problem. And the other system looks at the why and says, but why are those hormones out of balance? What's causing that? What's driving that? You know, what lifestyle or, you know, um, exogenous, endogenous issues are causing this particular concern? So, yeah, I think, ladies, it's really important to see, you know, the different views there. Like you're talking, just like we just said, the concept of holism, you know, that functional medical model, the chiropractic model, or the reductionism, you know, conventional medicine, which is looking at a reductionist way of saying, okay, well, what's broken, let's fix it. You know, looking for that one piece to then supplement, replace, take out, cut away. You know, mm. that, it's just a very different way of looking at the world. And I, I like that these I like that these ladies have challenged us as well to sort of say, oh, what? You know, because then it challenges us to sort of look at our own worldview and say, well, why doesn't that fit with our, our view? You know, why doesn't that fit with our view of women's health and um, hormones and what we want for our clients? So, yeah. I kind of like being challenged. <laughs> she was so much more diplomatic than me. I love it. Um, <laughs> you've just got this such beautiful balance about, um, you know, the way that you look at that, whereas I was very reactive to this stuff and um, was very happy just to, like, totally um, rip them to shreds on social media. But I, who has time for that? Um, <laughs> I don't need to be attracting that kind of BS. But anyway, um, I like what you said about the sort of looking at um, the the systems in two different ways. So we do know that that medical model of health is very reductionistic in in the sense that the body is simply just the sum of its parts. Um, however, th- one of the other flaws with that and also with the testing what's high or low and let's, you know, kind of just match that to what it should be, which I think is very much 
the model in which um, hormone replacement therapy kind of works, but there's not even really testing that's appropriate for that, in my opinion. They kind of go, oh, well, you're in menopause now, you're having those symptoms, so let's just plaster you with some, you know, synthetic estrogen and progesterone um, and possibly testosterone if your libido is low. Um, whereas in with, with cycling women, when they're looking at sort of those testings and to see, okay, what's high or low and let's, um, you know, kind of medicate accordingly. A really good example of that is, say, with um, the thyroid function. So, if someone has a subclinical thyroid issue, which means that it just hasn't got to the point where it's um, specific enough to be within medical reference ranges as a problem, which might take years and years and years to get to, but the woman who is experiencing that um, might be having the most horrific, most clear symptoms of, say, hypothyroidism, like weight gain, hair loss, um, constipation, depression, um, you know, infertility, all sorts of other things that go with that. So if you were to not look at those tests, you would see someone who was struggling and who clearly has got an endocrine system that's gone out of balance for, you know, a whole host of different reasons. But because she doesn't fit that tiny little box and those reference ranges on that blood test, it's just, it's not good enough. And I think that that system is really flawed in that sense. And also we know that there's problems with that testing in the first place. Um, and I do think that conventional medical range, reference ranges for a lot of women's health concerns um, are just um, a law of averages essentially and often based on an unhealthy population in the first place. So we do have to use that into some sort of specific context with each individual person. But I think that that is the beauty of, as you said, Ash, like that functional medicine approach or that individualized medicine for that person as well. Because my, um, for example, thyroid reference ranges might be a little bit different to yours. And Ash, we know like, for example, with your cycle, what is normal for you might be a little bit longer than what is considered like a, a quote unquote normal cycle, but is still a perfectly healthy, excellent cycle as well. Does that kind of make sense or have I sort of digressed too much? Then? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, no, it, I think it's it's just trying to highlight this idea that um, we agree that there is such a thing as hormone imbalance and that if we use conventional measurements for that, then we're going to miss these majority of women, I'd say, which we would call outliers. You know, you, you're outlying the conventional range and therefore um, you don't exist because you don't fit the criteria and therefore you can't have a problem because you're not matching what we expect to see if there was a problem. Um, so that's, yeah, I think for most people we always say the same thing though, you know, test, test and get a second opinion. You know, if you still feeling not right, go and seek further opinion. Don't take the, the reference of one person. Um, and that applies to so many things in life, doesn't it? You wouldn't just go and first house evaluation and say, oh, cool, sell my house, and the next guy's going to give you a different one. Like you you know the market, you learn your information, same with our bodies. Learn about your body, understand the different ways people are going to approach it. If you're going to see an OBGYN, you may get one sort of approach. If you go and see a naturopath, you're going to get one sort of approach, you know, a different directive, but they're still looking at the same thing. We still want to help someone, um, but coming from different angles. So, 
then it's up to you, you know, as an individual, as a, as a woman to decide what you think is right for you. And we hope that if you're listening to this show, you believe in the same things we do, which is, you know, your body's amazing. It's incredible. It's a self-healing, self-regulating um, mechanism that wants to be well and you're, you're born to do great things and uh, that your body's not dumb and stupid and broken. So um, looking for the big why, you know, looking for those underlying root causes, which, you know, of course you, Andrea, are just so good at with all your, your testing and your support of women in that area. So, um, you know, I for me, I how hard it is for women though, because often the gatekeepers of, um, for example, the standardized testing that they need has to come from someone who's not supportive of the health approaches that they're taking. Um, mm. uh, and Liz, I know that that can be such a really um, big frustration for so many of you, but I think that being a really active participant in your health and maybe also just having different conversations and enrolling them in the journey of what you're trying to embark on, maybe a different way to communicate with them as well. Um, And, you know, maybe um, the medical practitioner that you're speaking to doesn't necessarily understand what is going on because that's not their, um, their area of expertise. And so maybe they don't exactly understand what you're trying to achieve. But if you ask them to be on that journey with you, and possibly be, you know, part of their support team, maybe they will be a little bit more willing to sort of be on board with that. And maybe it will teach them something along the way, which I always think is amazing. And if they're not willing to do that, then absolutely find someone who will. (laughs) So, let's talk about the someone who will in the sense that, you know, what do you expect to hear from someone who will be able to help? You know, what sort of things, if you are suspecting hormone imbalance, what things would you want to be asked about, you know, to, to kind of qualify whether that person you're talking to might be the right person to help take you on this journey of recovery and healing. Um, I always ask, you know, ask people, oh, did we asked about this, we asked about that. You know, obviously for me specifically in regards to pregnancy care, the primary kind of practice mm-hmm. that I have. Um, and I think, you know, if practitioners don't ask some of those base questions, um, you know, it helps to draw that question mark. Oh, no, they didn't ask about that. That's interesting. Move on. You know, and so you just keep exploring the the deeper questions that help get to that root cause, that key concern. Um, so for me, you know, like if someone's talking about hormone imbalances and you ask about, oh, so, you know, um, have you had any gut health testing? What's the status of your gut health at the moment? Um, and they, they say, oh, I don't know. No one's asked me about that. Then, you know, straight away we, we need to dive deeper. So I think you're probably the same same place as me. Um, let me think. I'll kind of run down. What? Let's talk about our key lines of questions that would help someone understand if there's hormone imbalance. So for me, gut health questions run as one of the top in the list. Um, what sort of questions do you find that help to direct people to the solutions they need? Um, Ash, and I know that you're the same as me when someone comes to see you um, for the first time, that your first appointment with them is like an interview because we want to get as much information about them as physically possible. So we're going to go through a really thorough health history. So obviously we're going to dive into the signs and symptoms that have brought them into the practice in, you know, that day anyway, but really understanding what's been happening before that point is so critical to that as well. So a really thorough health history, obviously when it comes to women's health things, um, understanding what their first menstrual period was like, when it was, what was happening around that time. Did they have a regular cycle? Um, did they have acne as a teenager? Did they go on any kind of hormonal contraception? And if so, for how long? Did they have any side effects from that? Um, and then sort of understanding their entire reproductive journey 
as well. And then digging a little bit deeper into the actual period itself. So say um, it's a woman coming in with, um, you know, something like symptoms of thyroid conditions or PMS or possibly endometriosis or something like that. Understanding the timing, the frequency, the regularity of the period, what the quality of the bleed is like, what the mood changes are like throughout the cycle as well. Um, whether or not they're getting actually any period pain, whether they're feeling their ovulation, um, what their moods and energy levels are like throughout the cycle. All of these are absolutely hints um, that tell us how healthy that system is and what those hormones are doing throughout that cycle as well. Um, and all of that is critical to, like, I think proper women's health. Um, because I think women, and I think this is why it annoyed me so much, is because women deserve so much better than this. And, you know, we have that saying that like your health has a greater purpose. Your hormonal balance also has that greater purpose as well, because it is a sign that you do have that really good, healthy body. That period is your report card. Um, just like, you know, um, going through like smooth sailing through perimenopause and menopause and everything else that is part of your health report card as well. So these signs and symptoms should not be ignored. Um, I sort of digressed a little bit there, Ash. Are there, were there any other sort of key um, questions that women should be asked that you can think of or that if they're not, it's some red flags for them if they're in a maybe a health consult? Oh, you know, for me, the baselines are, you know, gut health, motility, frequency of bowel movements, like all of these things close again about how that's all working. Um, indigestion reflux, you know, again, signs, stomach acid function, all that sort of thing, which, uh, you know, clues because the whole gastric system is related to metabolism and um, hormonal production as well. So, Going there, stress response, you know, what's your level of stress? How do you perceive your stress in your life right now? Because remember, stress is perception. So, you know, if someone says, oh, I'm not very stressed, but you listen to their life and there's all this stuff going on, it's, you know, stress compared to maybe a time in life when they were, you know, having a full-on breakdown. Like, is that is that the comparison point? So, often stress can be overlooked quite easily because of the dismissive, a lot of women are quite dismissive of how stressed they are. Uh, but when you get down to it and grind down to it, you know, and make things like um, giving me a score out of 10, if Tower 10 is the most stress and you're about to have a, a total meltdown and zero is I'm just cruising, I don't even feel anything at all, you know, in terms of stress response, where are you? Um, and then gauging off that because some people will say six, but for them that's really high, you know, and other people put six and for them that's really low. So just, again, moderating and quantifying what um, what that looks like. Um, you know, eating patterns, eating habits, frequency of meals, snacking, like trying to understand, you know, insulin handling, just stuff like that that gives you clues as to how the body's working, um, signs of insulin resistance um yeah, clues you know keep food diaries <laughs> yeah just, they hate it <laughs> yeah so again your know, digestion clues about elimination um looking at skin hair nail quality just all those little clues that give you the, the inside out picture um what else um obviously you know functional testing then have people had you know appropriate liver function tests to understand you know phase one two um pathways how well they're working um mm. What else do I check? I guess, you know, it's that whole big picture view. Um, yeah. But for me personally, a lot of that stuff is at this point in my career, I'm, I'm more focused on a few other things. So I generally will refer out to um, our naturopathic colleagues who, you know, focus on this more intensely um, and someone like yourself, Andrew, who really can do specific consults for this. But like 
that's how I'd gauge it. You know, should that person be referred out as opposed to, you know, accepting the information they've already received? And if all those questions come back with, you know, key flags there, then you really want to make sure that they can be referred to the right person who's going to dig deeper with them and really get to root cause and then create some solutions, you know, create a program of care, create a pathway forward, um, or like you, make them take a food diary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I know that that's, that's really hard work. But all of these things should be explored and definitely not ignored. So, uh, ladies, I guess the point of our conversation tonight is to make sure that you are getting the care that you need and that you do deserve um, because in so many instances, I really feel like medicine has failed women. Um, so, this is, you know, even part of the whole – the entire impetus of doing Wellness Women Radio was because of – that single frustration. <laughs> so we really wanted to help you to level up to make sure that you were getting the care that you need. And when um, people who are supposed to be the forefront of women's health come out and say that all of your signs and symptoms mean nothing, again, it does really do that disservice. So those are signs and symptoms that something is out of whack with the body and that shouldn't be ignored. And if it's distressing for you, you should be able to see someone who will take you seriously. Um, so ladies, just seek out that support from the right people. And if the practitioners you've seen so far are not that, <laughs> then find somebody else. Love it. Perfect. Seek the wisdom you need for the problem you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, ladies, so you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. Again, we are raising the bar for women's health because you deserve it. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.